I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about workplace role models, where I get the opportunity to ask 60 plus questions to female influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. My vision with this podcast is to raise the workplace ecosystem for women in tech. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by highlighting female role models in STEM to encourage more young girls and women to unleash their full potential in these fields to reach top leadership roles. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, tech queen Ramune Bartuskete, founder and CEO at Spec Matters. Hi, Ramune. Hi, Jazz. I'm very happy to have you joining us from Philadelphia, US today. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Doing really well, enjoying my cup of tea this morning. And how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Now, let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus questions. Let's do it. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? I'd say compassionate, driven, and optimistic. How would you describe your life in three sentences? I'm a Lithuanian immigrant. I'm a daughter, wife, sister, and friend. I'm a practicing architect who cares deeply about the world around me. I'm highly motivated and driven to leave a positive impact on this world through the work that I do and through the people that I meet along the way. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? I'd say inspirational instrumental soundtracks. What is your personal motto? You have to go wholeheartedly into anything to achieve anything worth having. It's a quote by famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright. What is your favorite book? I'd say The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Albom. The lessons in this book are always a good reminder of why we're here on this earth and that we all need that reminder sometimes. What is your favorite podcast? Hidden Brain, it's a podcast about the patterns that drive human behavior. There's so many beautiful lessons about acceptance and understanding in all of those episodes. Mac or PC? PC. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I am a twin, which is a very interesting experience. I think that has really shaped me deeply. What is your hidden talent? Lithuanian folk dancing. I don't get to show that off very often. (laughs) If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? This one's a hard one for me. I would say maybe guided. I've been guided by many people and events in my life and sometimes just my intuition. I feel like my life is a series of guiding moments that really sum it up. Great start, Ramuna. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Now, I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? Grew up in Kona, Lithuania, and then once I moved to the States, it was Cleveland, Ohio. What was your dream job as a child? I don't really recall having any dream job that really influenced me until later on, around my teenage years, and that was when I decided to become an architect. What was your favorite subject in school? I loved art and math from an early age, or on statics and physics. And what was your least favorite subject? I would say chemistry. (laughs) I was not very good at that. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? I think it was back in Lithuania when my parents got us our first computer. It must have been late 90s. Looking back, I had no idea how powerful it was and how much it could really transform our lives. I must have used it for homework, but I only really recall playing games on it. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? 
A CD player, MP3 player, and probably Motorola flip phone. Who was your favorite female role model growing up? I would say it was definitely my mom. My mom applied for 10 years for the green card uh, to get our family to the United States. And then when she did, she went back to school while working full time and managed to get a degree without really knowing English. Um, she always kept my family together, taking care of everyone and everything and never complaining. She was the most dedicated, hardworking woman I knew. And then she fought cancer for five years and passed away in 2020. And even during this painful time, she always carried herself with such grace and courage. I'm so sorry to hear. Thank you for sharing that. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influence your education and career choice? So I'm not really sure if I would have become an architect if I stayed in Lithuania. There are even fewer female architects there than there are in the States. I think my career choice was guided by many different conversations with the people I looked up to and deep down it felt right. Interesting, Ramona. Now, I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So Ramona, I want to know the choices behind your career path. What did you study at university? I studied architecture with a minor in marketing. Architecture was the perfect combination of the subjects I loved. And the more I dove into it, the more I loved it. Who and what influenced you to get into this chosen field? So when I was about seven years old, I remember visiting a foster home with my school choir and was really impressed and impacted by how the building served the children there. I think that stuck with me over the years. And then when I finally had to choose a career path, it was still in the back of my mind. I also loved the universal language of architecture and felt it was the right choice for me. What professional roles have you had before that led you to the current one? So my internships and jobs were in marketing and business side of architecture early on, which taught me many core lessons that had shaped my career. During graduate school, I was also the creative operations and brand manager for a graphic design agency, where I led a team of designers and the marketing and sales efforts. I learned some valuable lessons in operations and business in that role. And then in 2018, I got recruited to help create a nonprofit, an online community and tech platform called Rise First, serving first-generation students and professionals. I would not have been able to take the leap and create something of my own without this valuable experience. Interesting. So what does Spec Matters do and what is your title? Spec Matters is an online advocacy platform empowering the building industry to write healthier specifications and make better material selections. I'm also the architect at 15 Architecture and Design, which is where I'm able to apply my healthy building knowledge into the work that I do locally in Philadelphia. How come you started Spec Matters and what are your main responsibilities? I started Spec Matters because I saw a huge gap in the industry. A lot of materials used in buildings are very toxic and none of that is taught in architectural school. So a lot of people making those decisions every day don't really know the impact that they're making. So I started Spec Matters to bridge this gap and educate my peers in the industry to write healthier specs and make better material selections. I manage the operations, the fundraising, recruiting and overseeing the content. And what does a typical work day look like for you? For me, the first thing I tend to do is review my meetings for the day, both for 15 and Spec Matters. In the morning, I tend to work from home if I need a lot of heads down time, focus time. Otherwise, I'll go into the office and see my coworkers and spend time with my colleagues. My days are rarely the same. It's a mix of meetings, coordination, drafting, strategizing, writing and reviewing. I typically spend a few hours on Spec Matters most evenings before logging off for the night. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Ramuna, what do you love about your role? 
I love being able to merge my passion for healthy buildings with my everyday work as an architect while also empowering the younger generations to advocate for a better, healthier future. And what is the best experience you've had so far in your role? I think seeing my team grow as young professionals and develop a passion for healthy buildings, that's been so inspiring to see the new generations care so much about making a difference. And what would you say is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle it? I think the biggest challenge so far has been finding ways to integrate equity and health into the architecture frameworks that exist currently in my industry. A lot of the work entails talking to people about it, trying to empower others to do something about it, and just not settle for old ways of doing things. And what do you wish everybody understood about your role? I wish that my role as an architect prioritizing human health was not so special. I think every architecture firm should have someone advocating for healthy buildings, healthy materials, and making sure that every environment that we build is safe for occupants. And what is the common myth about your profession or field that you want to disprove? Not any one person has all the answers. I think we're only as good as the people we surround ourselves with and the teams that we build. You don't directly work in a technology company, but you are a queen of tech because you're the queen of tech in architecture. So tell us, what is the role of technology in architecture? I think technology has made architecture much more efficient. It also allows us to bridge a gap and elevate the work that we do through the sharing of information and tools online. How do you integrate architecture and technology into your work today? So Spec Matters is a technology platform used for advocacy to empower my colleagues in architecture to build healthier environments. Our platform makes healthy building research and knowledge more accessible thanks to the technology that we use. What do you love about integrating tech into architecture industry? I would say that technology has a way of enhancing architecture, whether through visualization technology, research tools, apps, or plugins to make our work more efficient. I think it elevates our profession, allows us to continuously improve if we embrace it. What would you say, how come that tech has not reached the same level in the architecture industry? Great question. I think architecture has been around for so long and people are used to using the same frameworks, the same processes and the same tools. People are just more comfortable using what they know in order to do the work that we're doing. I think there's a lot of potential if we embrace new technology and new apps and new uh, tools that are out there and not be afraid to try new things. What is the future of technology in the architecture industry? Technology will speed up our industry, our processes, and our timelines. For that reason, I think it's crucial for us to leave room for pauses, for creativity and reflection, so that we stay on course to do things better and not just more quickly. Oprah Winfrey quoted, Think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is not a stepping stone to greatness. So Ramun, what have by far been your biggest achievement in your career? I'd say co-editing and publishing a book titled Women Rebuild, Stories Polemics Futures. It highlights the female voices in architecture that haven't always been gotten the recognition that they deserve. It's been a really great experience highlighting those female architects uh, who are doing great work in this industry. I would also say that creating Spec Matters, very important achievement for me. It's a way for me to take a stance and a public call to action for my peers in the industry to do better and prioritize human health. And what would you say is the biggest factor that has helped you become successful? Any success habits? I would say mentors have been a huge influence on me and have guided me along the way. And then I would say staying positive. I think staying positive, even when things get really tough, is really important as well. How do you measure your own performance at work? 
I would say asking for feedback often from my supervisors, but then also those that I supervise. It's a habit that I'm still working on, but I know it's very important. What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? I would say I constantly live through small failures and haven't really had a big defining one in my life. Um, but every failure or mistake that I do make, I try to embrace it and not block it out so I could remember it, learn from it, and then use it to grow and move forward. What is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? The people I work with are so inspiring and motivating. I constantly am inspired by the leadership of the founding partner at 15. Her vision and style of leadership is really exceptional. I'm also inspired by my talented peers and their dedication to our work. It's also really been inspiring and motivating to lead my team at Spec Matters. They give me so much hope in the future generations to continue the important work in healthy materials. Let us now jump into the influence of mentorship and role models. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, mentors can guide us through our career journey and open the world of possibilities. You told me before that you have a mentor. So what does that person inspire and motivate in you? Yeah, I have many mentors who have greatly influenced my life and guided me to the point that I am here today. They've given me the courage to step out of my comfort zone and empowered me to be the person who I am today. They've all been fantastic role models who have courageously stood by their values when tested. Some of them have children and have been gracefully balancing their roles as mothers during their successful careers, which is something I greatly admire. Who would you say is the female role model you look up to in your field? Yeah, so I've been fortunate to have many female role models throughout the different stages of my career path. Reagan Henry was one of my earliest female role models. Franca Trebbiano was during my graduate studies. And then all of the women contributors of my book, Women Rebuild, and now the female principals at 15. Interesting. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors and role models in business than women. So how important do you think, Ramon, it is to have a role model and mentor during one's career? I think it's absolutely essential, especially as an immigrant and a first-generation graduate. My career is very much influenced by those who I met along the way, who took the time to hear my story and guide me each step of the way. I wouldn't be the person that I am without these mentors and role models in my life. Wonderful. Let us move on to leadership. Shirley Samber, CEO of Facebook, quoted, Leadership is about making others as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. What does leadership mean to you? I would absolutely agree with the quote. I think it means lifting up those around you to help them achieve their greatest potential. What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? So a good leader empowers you to take on the challenges in order for you to grow. And then questioning your own capabilities and feeling disempowered, I think, is a sign of bad leadership. Who is your favorite female tech leader and why? I would say Reshma Sujani, the founder of Girls Who Code. Uh, she's doing really important work in trying to close the gender gap in tech while teaching girls confidence and bravery through coding. How would you describe yourself as a leader? I would say I'm a silent leader. <laughs> I like to raise the voice of those around me and empower others to rise to their full potential and don't really enjoy being in the spotlight, but I will very much speak up when it's warranted or feel that others may benefit from what I have to say. And as a leader, what values are most important to you? I would say integrity, trust and empathy. What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today? So I think uh, actions speak louder than words. It's an important lesson to practice your values and not just speak about them. I think showing compassion also goes a long way. And then also having the courage to be open with people. I think this shows true authenticity in leadership, which I greatly admire. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? 
My three strengths would be optimism, compassion, and discipline. My weaknesses, I would say, are impatience, imposter syndrome, and knowing when to say no or set boundaries. I'm continuously working on that. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unlocking the power, diversity, equality, inclusion. Ramun, what do diversity, equality, inclusion mean to you personally? I think it's creating an environment where all feel welcomed, acknowledged for the value that they bring to the table and accepted for who they are. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company? It would be a trust among all levels of the company, flexibility in work hours and work locations, good benefits, and then transparency from the leadership level down to entry level staff. As a woman, what would you say have been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges? I think it would be recognizing the not so glaring injustices and biases. I've seen women get less opportunities at a much slower pace uh, than their male counterparts, but it's hard to justify and present evidence at the time if it happens without you knowing that these patterns exist. I think that's why it's so important for women to share their experiences so that others are aware that it's happening and don't blame themselves for those missed opportunities. And why do you think it is important for more women to join the tech industry, especially as leaders? I really think every industry could benefit from having more women in leadership. Having a more diversity and, and equity in leadership can only be beneficial as leadership should reflect the people of the diversity of the people that we serve. Technology impacts everyone, so it's important that, that the decisions made at the top are made by those who bring different perspectives to the table. Do you and how do you speak with your female and male colleagues about diversity, equality, inclusion challenges, especially salary gaps? I've always encouraged my peers in the industry to share salaries and be open about talking about these things to empower each other and to know your value and advocate for ourselves. It's important to have those conversations with potential employers as well and ask about their dedication, their initiatives and what they do to contribute to equity in the work that they do. I think asking difficult questions is an important way to move our industry forward. There are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women face from reaching higher positions in the tech industry. How do you feel it has affected and is affecting you running big matters? And what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks? I would say if there's no women currently in leadership, find a male mentor, someone who could advocate for you at the top. I think it's really important to seek your own advocate and continuously ask for those stepping stones when there are no framework to support that. I also believe in building a support network along this journey so you could fall back on it if needed. As the tech industry finds it hard to attract and retain women, what is your best advice or strategies for how companies can work to build a stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity? To allow for work-life balance, flexible work hours and generous time off, I think those things are really important. I also think the ability to have control over your schedule is crucial for women, especially those with families. What would you say are the few challenges and possibilities of implementing diversity, equality, inclusion, culture in a workplace today? So instead of trying to recruit diversity, I think it's important to evaluate your own workplace and see if it's conducive and equitable. I think we must fix our workplaces, frameworks and processes first and evaluate them to see how well they support the needs of the diverse people we want to attract. I think gender diversity at the top allows for decisions to be made more holistically, incorporating perspectives not previously considered where women historically weren't given that opportunity. Amazing, well said. How much do you think the industry has changed regarding these subjects since you started the Spec Matters? 
I think we have a lot of work to do. I feel like it's barely changed at all, but at least in the past two years, I feel like everyone has acknowledged that it is a problem and something that we need to improve on. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias? I would ask for more opportunities and encourage my peers to do so as well early on in their careers and then be more open to having difficult conversations. Then looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women in tech? I'd love to empower my female peers to advocate for change and not be afraid to step up and take action and do things differently if changes aren't happening. Powerful. Let us now move on to another hot topic in business today, which is workplace life balance and mental health. Ramona, you have without a doubt a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain a good mental health? Great question. So I prioritize my sleep time and try to stay active. If I can't squeeze in some biking class, I at least try to get a long walk in. These things are crucial for my mental health. I also make time to just sit in silence, reflect and recharge. And enough people around me have told me to be gentle on myself that it's become sort of a mantra for me that does wonders to my mental health. Have you ever experienced burnout? I have been at the edge of burnout many, many times, knowing if I do one more thing, it'll completely deplete me. That is the point that I choose to disconnect, step away from all my obligations, even if it's for a day, just to recharge. Most things can wait this long, and being able to recognize this edge has allowed me to plan for the recovery I need, to clear my head enough to step back and reevaluate my commitments to make changes. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? I would say my family, my work at 15 and Slack Matters, and knowing that I'm making a difference in the lives of people around me through the work that I do every day. Life is so precious and each day is a gift and that is enough to motivate me to get out of bed and not take anything for granted. What is your advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in the new now? Having trust in your employees, being their advocate, empowering them, acting with grace and compassion. I think all of these things take away the common stressors that people often face at work and help build mentally healthy workplaces. Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and piece of advice for our listeners. Ramona, what is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? I would say know your value and diligently work to pursue that which you believe in. It's easy to want to give up when you encounter roadblocks, but knowing that those things don't define you and that you have so much more to give helps me keep me going. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle that? I think there's been many times that I've gotten conflicting advice and learned that it's really important to also look at the people giving that advice and then take the advice from those that you look up to, those who resemble your values. Just because the advice is coming for someone more experienced than you, it doesn't mean that it will take you where you want to go. Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? How important communication skills are. I think that overlaps in architecture as well. Um, the ability to express an idea in a concise and clear way is essential and it's still something that I'm constantly working on. If you had ability to go back in time when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? to be more bold and not afraid to ask tough questions. As a first generation graduate, I think there was a steep learning curve that I had to get through to finally feel like I was on a level field as everyone else. And I wish I would have realized that earlier and sought out the mentors in that community earlier who may have helped me expedite this learning curve quicker. What advice would you give to young girls and women in the architecture industry trying to implement and integrate tech 
Our profession is still very traditional and relies on old methods and processes. And while that can be really frustrating at times, I see it as a huge opportunity for innovation. So don't be afraid to propose new ways of doing things, new processes, and ask big questions. Last but not least, what is next for you in integrating and growing the architecture industry with technology? What are your aspirations? I'm looking forward to continuing to build Spec Matters, my advocacy platform for healthier materials. And I look forward to learning more about the potentials that technology can have and how I can improve my own profession. I also see great potential to incorporate technology in the work that I locally do at 15, where I work as an architect in Philadelphia. We have exciting collaborations in the works to integrate technology in the built environment and I'm so excited to be in a place where we're not afraid to do things differently and explore new processes and the role that our profession can play in the design of environments as they're increasingly enhanced and transformed by technology. Ramona, thank you so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast. Sharing your journey will without a doubt inspire change and reshape company culture for the new generation of women in tech, especially the women in architecture. Thank you so much, Jasmine. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative and to support us, visit queensof.tech.